0: This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and modern Australia has never come to terms with what was done to Indigenous people following European arrival.
1: Well may we say, God save the Queen, because nothing will save the Governor General. <laughs> You know I've searched my heart to prove There's better ways to push and pull Hey, whatever gets you through these days
0: Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 128 for Saturday 16th of May 2020. I'm Jeremy Ciappico and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen and hopefully what we can do about it. Tonight's guest host is returning guest host Denise Ciappico. Hello there. Welcome back.
2: Thank you very much. It's good to be back. It was nice to come here to record in person in this house we both live in so we're both able to be in Hey
0: look I put out this delightful Restrictions
2: table. have been eased and we could we could record in person
0: I I that's right I, I was worried about the exposure issue uh, uh, because yeah. around the microphone they're, they're, we're definitely breathing on each other here
2: We are we are but I, I think our children probably Cross-contaminate us.
0: Food preparation.
2: But but that's okay because we've been easing restrictions because the there are no new cases in Except Australia. Except for the new cases
0: yesterday, and because the, there are
2: no new cases in Australia fine. and there's no community transmission and everything's fine.
0: Yeah, so like the front page of the Korea Mail and the Daily Telegraph today, are like freedom, we're all out of it. Everything's. You know how much how fun it is to pour a beer, and it's all fine.
2: Oh no, it wasn't even that it was fun to pour beer. It was that bartenders once again are experiencing the pure the pure joy of pouring a beer into a glass and serving it to a customer.
0: My God, the propaganda vibe is high. The entire I don't know, segment of society that's frankly uh, outraged that their that their you know financial investments have lost value, uh, and and they don't really feel that they're at great risk of uh, other people going out and being forced to uh, mingle in public, and they just want the uh, financial aspect that applies to them to be improved. They really are going pretty heavy on the old propaganda vote. Not not quite at the level I, I haven't quite seen the equivalent of the UK Daily Mail telling readers, let teachers be heroes. Oh, You, God. you millicent, millicent unions who are demanding that there be better safety uh, arrangements to keep teachers safe. And the Daily Mail's like... You bastards, let them be heroes.
2: Yeah, no, God. And there was another school in New South Wales a couple of days ago where another teacher tested positive. And hilariously... And the
0: McDonald's in Craigieburn?
2: Uh, well, yes, the second McDonald's, because uh, apparently a relative from the McDonald's at Faulkner also works at the McDonald's in Craigieburn. And so now the, they've closed that one down.
0: It's so weird because I'm fairly sure that by now we've at least got things in place where if somebody is a casual and gets sick... At least we have recognized that we should be putting uh-huh. an incentive in place to make sure that they don't go to work in a food preparation business. Yeah,
2: we? exactly, and especially when someone is. Casual. Oh no, we didn't do that. no, in fact,
0: all They were
2: pushing really hard. The shopkeepers' union, the really crappy one, were pushing really hard oh, the SDA to. We're talking, yeah, we're pushing really hard to uh to change the casual rules, and the Fair Work Commission said no, no. Yeah, we, no. we talked
0: about that last week. Yes, so, yeah. uh, it's, it's when, when, when the even employees the Corrupt and the... Fair
2: Work Commission says, no, you can't do this, <laughs> you know it's bad. I'm
0: sorry, corrupt union and corrupt employers, that's one step too far for us, yeah. the corrupt body that gets it, yeah.
2: Yeah, the body that looks out for businesses a lot more than it seems to look out for workers. Well,
0: it's, it's because the coalition stacked it yeah. with... Okay, now, now I'm sounding a little bit like a conspiracy theorist. Like, no, anyway, but but, <laughs> no, but... No, but they did. The Liberals very deliberately put a bunch but as, of... But as
2: things floor. reopen in, in a lot of the states this weekend, um, not so much here in Victoria, but as things reopen, I enjoy how New South Wales, uh, Gladys was saying, hey, it's inevitable that we're mm-hmm. going to have some more transmission and that there's, the cases are going to go up after this. If we do
0: this thing that I'm saying we have to do, it's inevitable that people will die. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's on, also... Hang, go back a sec. We- is it, do we have to do that thing that is going to make it inevitable that people die? Also, I really want you to go back to work, but
2: there's too many people on public transport. Mm-hmm. So if you're not already taking public transport, please don't. And Could don't you get take your it Shreper at peak times. Yeah, don't take it at peak times. So I know I'm saying you have to go back to work, but don't take the train to get to work when I say you have to go back there. What? Anyway,
0: I feel like <sighs> we are busy setting ourselves up for. well we're making sure that the second wave will feel perfectly at home when it gets here uh and and you know we're making sure that it doesn't have to wait too long the thing i'm laughing at this even though it's terrifying and horrible uh and we're all doomed the thing that gets me is that even where i understand that you might need to gradually release certain certainly important things Mm. that people rely on to survive like um there, there are we already made an assessment at the very beginning of what things were actually essential that the that community needed, um, and presumably there are some other things that have been a real problem being shut, and even things like elective surgery. You can't leave that off indefinitely. No. That, that is a thing. Those sorts, there are there are things that need to start happening. What doesn't need to start happening is vast crowds thronging around and not you know, very close to each other in shopping malls, um, at playgrounds, at like, the Victorian government. When it said, "Okay, well we're going to." Increase the things. Reason why you can be out of the house, but stay at home if you can. Yeah, and everybody's just gone. No, no, it's all right. I'm I'm off now. That's fine. Just yeah. I had a friend go to a doctor, and the doctor
2: is in a shopping center, and she just said it was madness. And it was a weekday. It was the middle of the day on a weekday, and she's like, I had to go to the doctor. I have a condition. I had to get it checked. Um, and I just wanted to get out of there so quickly.
0: Yeah, and it's like they feel that. Well, the numbers went down. Mm. So therefore, we went down when we were doing the actual lockdown. So therefore, the problem is solved. We solved that problem. That that virus that is deadly and that we don't have any vaccine for, and is still present.
2: Mm.
0: We don't have to worry about that anymore, do we? We deal. That was last month. We, it was too much. I'm so bored of this topic. Can't we just move on?
2: Yeah. Oh God. Well, look. Some people died, but it's fine now.
0: I think a big part of it is how much prominence in the mainstream media. The uh, it's not so bad, it's just like the flu. Mm. Um, the economy is being destroyed and we can, you know, it's unsalvageable, we're all doomed. The rhetoric about how important it is to open things up and how we're just wowsers that haven't opened mm. it has been getting it's instead of it being treated as the fringe anti vaxxer sort of lunacy that it is, it's given a real hearing. And I guess we got in Victoria here, we had just on the weekend last weekend we had that, those protests where people were just like... So keep in mind, remember that when uh, the protesters were protesting against the way that we were treating uh, refugees during the crisis, just shoving them all together and not putting yeah. them in a place that they get to protect them, they all got charged, okay, given these huge fines. And there's this huge gathering out front of Parliament House on Sunday last week in Victoria, in Melbourne, and, like, they arrested 10 people? What, what the other ones had, like, some kind of magic magic power that the police couldn't couldn't uh-huh. find and charge them and yep. I, I mean I, or may, maybe they just managed to evade the police with their massive galaxy brains can I play you a bit of bit of audio from those protesters in Melbourne uh-huh. Victoria last Sunday I'm, I'm sure that they were they're erudite and astute and and well they definitely were demanding something that the Victorian police and the Victorian government could definitely provide
2: uh-huh. <laughs> And, and here I thought it might be, you know, more reasonable bail conditions or...
0: More reasonable bail conditions?
2: Or, 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 <laughs> not, be not, or, or not, like, not focusing on the most disadvantaged segments of society and using their power against them. Like something that oh, the police... I the police
0: could be a bit more yeah. reasonable about how they're applying these. No. Yeah. No, they want them to arrest Bill Gates. Uh, wow. I, I, I have to say, in the in almost a week since that happened, I haven't heard the Victoria Police have got him. I reckon, I reckon wow. he's still on the lamb. Wow. Why have you police like, failed like, to catch Bill Gates?
2: Because if he's riding around on a sheep, then really, like, they should be able to catch him.
0: Why were you riding on a sheep? He said he was on the lamb. Oh, my goodness. I greatly regret using that expression. I mean, look, to be fair to them, I also have used Windows. And I have also <laughs> tried to deal with drivers. And uh, oh, as we had with problems with the po- since a couple of weeks ago, when a program managed to seize control of my webcam, I have not been able to get Windows to remove permission for that program to seize the webcam when I'm trying to use Skype or Zoom or something. Oh, it's horrible. So, yes, as a person who has been using Microsoft products for a very long time, I do understand where they're coming from, except that I don't understand where they're coming from because it's got nothing to do with their experience with Windows. It's because they have a conspiracy theory where Bill Gates doing something non-evil, as, as a good... Look, there's plenty of reasons to be pissed off with Bill Gates. Although, not as many as being pissed off with Jeff Bezos. You saw that he's about to become a trillionaire.
2: Oh, God. Please stop using Amazon. Stop it.
0: Yes. We should all stop doing that thing. Anyway, this is not the thing to be most outraged with Bill Gates for. That said, we've also got our our galaxy brains in the state libs. Now, I have had to dig back uh, through a different Twitter account because after I tweeted something about these these maniacs um from the well may we say twitter account they they went through and they blocked me as both well may we say on twitter at well may we say on twitter if you want to have a conversation with us about any of the stuff which we encourage like and being also, on the lam no we don't need to discuss that any further uh, at jeremy sear as well they went they went and blocked both of both of my twitters uh as it happens, i've got other twitters anyway this is them on um oh, it must be on friday uh in victoria This is michael o'brien uh did you know this is the state leader of the Liberals? Have you seen have you ever seen this person before in your life? Does he ring any bells?
2: Uh he is a generic white man that I have walked past 17,000 times a day.
0: He also looks like he's wearing dad's suit. Like he's a little bit. Anyway, he's a, he's a generic white man. I did see short, short uh, yeah, I did see A, a, a
2: tweet a tweet the other day which was that if a white man walked up to me and said, "I'm the leader of the Victorian state opposition," I would believe them. Yeah. And because yeah,
0: Anyway, uh, in Victoria, says, tweets Michael, we've flattened the curve, but we've also flattened the economy. We need bold thinking to get Victoria back to work and back in business. Today, I launched the Liberals and Nationals plan to do just that. You can read our plan at blah, blah. And, and the p- hashtag
2: you, Spring Street, which is uh, like a, a happening hashtag, I
0: would imagine. So, uh, COVID-19 response. Our plan to get Victoria back to work and back in business. MichaelBrown.com.au. Liberal and National Zogers can you at least in there they are definitely people who are concerned about the health impact of all of this on Victorians and they've definitely made that one of the important considerations that they're working on because the word health is implied yeah. back to work and back in business well it does
2: mention COVID-19 in the at top corner to, yeah
0: so you know, they're aware of there being a disease they're aware of their being a like, well, it's like it's it's like their plan is to pretend that there isn't a virus. Yeah, well, I, I want to go look at
2: that plan now. There's, <laughs> a, there's <laughs> something
0: about that that really, really lipped out at you. You're like, I need to find out more about that plan. Yeah,
2: the three middle-aged white people on the uh, on the cover of it, just sitting there having a very posed meeting. Um, uh, he
0: put on his glasses, that means he's being thoughtful.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right, the glasses indicator. There was an article in the conversation today about the uh, the cost of the Australian shutdown. If you're, like, really pessimistic and say that it's quite high, it's probably about $90 billion. Um, However, they say that this is Sorry, just,
0: where's, where's the $90 billion come from?
2: Um, this, is, this is an article in the conversation. They said if you take a really pessimistic view of the economic costs, it could be up to $90 billion maximum. But that yeah, the
0: making the worst assumptions. But
2: that is that is based on the worst, and, and they acknowledge they're saying we're taking it, but the worst assumptions. Yeah. But if you take the value of the lives the shutdown should save, it's about one point one trillion.
0: Yes. So, so like yes, like you <laughs> they're know, really bad at maths, but they but yeah. yeah, they must just have convinced themselves that the virus will just peter out or something. I don't understand why they think that unleashing it before you've actually squashed it isn't going to. Even even if you don't care about the human beings, it'd be more economically costly. I, they're just unhinged. And talking of unhinged, we last couple of weeks I was never I'd never heard of Tim Smith MP before, but the member for I think it's for Brighton, the state member down here, the the liberal. I'd never heard of him for a couple of weeks ago when he was, he was getting stuck ah. into the deputy chief health officer down here who'd um, made the comment of contrasting invasion of Australia with, with invasion by a disease. Anyway, he's, he's just going down the floor on Trump lunacy at this point. This is, this is Tim Smith the other day. In Victoria, with control freak wowsers like Dictator Dan running the show, you can't even sit down for a coffee, let alone a beer. Our Premier is such a friendless loser. Of course Victoria has no plans to reopen licensed venues. Who would invite Lurch for a drink? Hashtag Dan has no mates.
2: Wow. Wow.
0: I think he was, I think he was at, at Scotch College. That's, like, there's such a private school. Oh, well, you've got no mates, loser. Uh, it's a <laughs> so, dictator Dan. I can't, I can't process how juvenile that is. And thing for a, like, an actual state MP to be tweeting... I know that we live in a time where Trump tweets things even more more juvenile than that Mm. and gets away with it. So, obviously, they think that that's going to to work. But control freak wowsers, friendless loser, Dan has no mates. I mean, you can just picture the audience who would find that interest that, yeah. that a good pitch
2: yeah so that being said uh, Dan Andrews press release when they announced that you could have five people over was really like hearken to Spider-Man for me you know with great freedom comes great responsibility it's basically you know that sort of quote
0: the, the difference between a government that is like we recognize that Lockdown is costly, and it's not a thing that we are doing lightly. However, we also recognise that not doing anything is also costly, ah. for, but in terms of both lives and also economically. And so we are going to be cautious. We're going to open the schools a little bit at a time. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, see we're going to we're going to open some,
2: it. and then more we'll, in two weeks we'll start well, more. We're going to certain age groups. We're
0: going yeah. like, to up to grade yeah up to grade three, I think, at first, and then and review. DCE as well. Now I would I would review them a little bit more frequently than they're doing it because I don't I. I suppose we've got the the two week lag time between infection and um, symptoms being shown, but so it always makes sense to review at that point. But yeah, you don't just do it all at once, and you don't do it with this cavalier. Well, you know, the important thing is to be able to go out and get a beer. Now, that is a life and death important issue uh, if your club's Australia, and mm. you've got the you know you're putting pressure on the prime minister because that's you know yeah. you're entirely selfish and all you care about is the profits for you, for you. But it's not a life and death issue for Australians in general. No, and and. Sorry, it becomes a life and death issue when you when you reopen them just to make those industries profitable again.
2: So I am looking at this Michael O'Brien uh, plan,
0: oh, by the way. you brave.
2: I am. And, like, a lot of it is is pretty wanky, to be perfectly honest. And A lot of it is that sort of...
0: Oh, look, it's reduced business taxes. What a
1: surprise. And That's excessive part of their
2: plan. regulation. Oh, my but, goodness. But they also do that a lot... That is very of,
0: different to what they were pitching for. But, no, wait, it's exactly the same as what they're always pitching for.
2: But they, But it's also a lot of things that, like... Our plan is that the government must reduce the employment unemployment rate back to 5.3% by the end of 2021.
0: That's not a plan. That's a that's, that's a a target. That's a statement. And, and let me guess, their plan for doing so is to cut taxes on regulation.
2: And here's the thing, like... Notice they never Can't want anybody. they never want to support TAFE or or education until it's something like this. The Andrews government must commit to delivering ten thousand additional apprenticeship and traineeship commencements by the start of twenty twenty two. Well, the Andrews government has hugely been rolling out TAFE funding and apprenticeships and all sorts of um, programs prior to this for and the past a, couple opposed, of years. It it's been opposed, and now they're like, oh, they must do ten thousand more because.
0: How many many would we have if if you Muppets had been in power? By the way, if you haven't looked at First Dog's cartoon from um, earlier, a couple of days ago, do have a look at it, because he sets out a bunch of basically all the horrifying things that are happening. But one of the things that's been really getting me about the way Scummo's done this, and not not just that we've seen time and time again, every time Scummo promises to actually help ordinary people, Mm.
1: there's always
0: huge caveats on it, and it doesn't throw flow through. it. So he claims that he's going to spend this big amount of money and it never actually gets through to ordering people. Like, it's it's always the headline thing of, okay, he's finally going to help. And then dribbles out in the sense. Yeah. That, and as we saw with, you know, even, even the bushfire stuff. Like, Kabago's finally going to get um, some of the rebuilding now yeah. that there's a by-election.
2: Yeah. I do like how they get to sneak this one in.
0: This is Victorian plan again. Yeah, this is the
2: Victorian plan. Again,
0: yeah, yeah, the the Victorian plan. plan. Sorry, Victorian. Liberals' plan, not yeah, Victoria. Yeah. These people don't represent us. Build
2: the east west link to connect oh, the God. eastern freeway with City Link and reduce connection let it go. on Melbourne's itty city road network. Michael. Like you have to get that in there.
0: Let it go. Let, let it go.
2: go. Stop pulling the east west link up in the sky I don't know just let it die Victorians (laughs)
0: have let it go we keep voting against it many times (laughs) we don't want the thing we know that it's a piece of crap
2: They've also said that um, the government should establish a $50 million creative industries restoration fund because the culture and creative centre has been so impacted. And it's like, you know, like, this is, again... It's the
0: federal liberal government who have massively cut funding to the arts just at this time. Yeah, that Yeah, talking. exactly, they've, exactly. They've cut the funding for the universities. They won't let the universities use JobKeeper every time that, they, that one of the universities figures out a way to access it. They've changed the rules. Um, so they have literally... This government, the Morrison government, have specifically, spitefully targeted two sectors they hate, being the arts and tertiary education... To die in this crisis.
2: So apparently, the liberal government's forgotten who they are because they say that we need to be providing affordable childcare and kinder.
0: So the Victorian liberals have forgotten that.
2: Yeah, no. So they've forgotten who they are because they now want childcare, oh, child and kinder, kinder subsidised.
0: Well, kinder, kinder could be a state thing, but the yeah, childcare child is a federal thing.
2: Uh, anyway, it's a lot of a lot of. They should establish this fund to encourage more manufacturing.
0: We have to is... look like we have some kind of a plan.
2: Exactly. Anyway, that that's it. Let's. So All right, it's...
0: talking of other people, there, the libs, other plans. The federal liberals had obviously have their this app. Um, they've been telling us that it's going. You know, it's it's the way that you'll know whether you've been exposed. Which of course it isn't because you will only get that update if the person who is who is infected who's near you a is running the app when you're running the app. Mm-hmm. B has it on. Yeah. And and um, it's not you know conflicting with their diabetes app or apparently know,
2: they've they've apparently there is an th- update that they've fixed some of the Bluetooth issues but the details haven't come out.
0: You still have to have it open and running. Yeah. weird And also that they've gotten tested, and that following a positive result, they've actually released that to the government and, yeah. and send it through. Same so sense. there's a bunch of things which you're assuming before you even get that information and. Anybody else who's walking past you or people who, who don't hit all of those criteria, which would presume be a lot, um, mm. any of those who are exposed, you're exposed. And then you've got this fa- false sense of security. Anyway, Stilgerian had some um, updates in how the government have been dealing with the app this week. Hello, I'm
1: Stilgerian. And what's sticking in my craw right now are the lies and untruths oozing, or rather spraying, out of the Morrison government's public health messaging orifice. You can choose which orifice. I know we talked about this a bit last week, but this week there's more. On Wednesday, the Deputy Chief Medical Officer announced, and I quote, I can announce the app is fully functional. We're talking about the uh, Safe COVID-19 contact tracing app. It is ready to go, he said. All the states and territories have now signed up to use it. They have provided information about who in their public health units will be using it. And then later he said... All jurisdictions, quote, have now been trained to use it and know what information they are going to get and how it can be used for contact tracing purposes. And then he used that stupid, lame, childish, dead, embarrassingly rage-inducing term disease detectives, FFS. So the data is ready to flow, and that's good, Finally. But when I spoke to a data scientist in one of the state infectious diseases surveillance units, their report back to me was somewhat different. And I quote, no training, no data, all fun. Yeah, okay, they were having a day. But what sticks in my craw is that the Commonwealth bloke was flipping responsibility to the states. We've done our bit. Any delays are their fault now. Also on Wednesday, during the Senate debate on the COVID-19 legislation, you know, the legislation the government originally thought they didn't need because, hey, they had a ministerial determination and that's good enough. Who needs Parliament anyway? This happens and this really sticks in my craw. Senator Maurice Payne, New South Wales, Minister for Foreign Affairs and Minister for Women, said... The approach to easing restrictions, as you will have seen through the National Cabinet process, is based on the health advice that's received through the AHPPC, uh, that's the Australian Health Protection Principal Committee, where it's possible for Australia and Australians to do. So, I think she means. And the states and territories, your state, my state, quite different in their approaches, are using that as the premise, not based on the number of people who have downloaded the app. Senator Murray Watt, ALP Queensland. So the decisions around the easing of restrictions are not linked to the achievement of any particular rate of downloading the app? Senator Payne, that's correct. So the entire claim by the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, that if we wanted a beer at the pub, then we needed to download the app was, and I use this word quite deliberately, a lie. Why was Morrison lying? about how the process would work. Well, my guess is that it was to provide some sort of political feel-good message so that the states and territories might be more inclined to drop their restrictions – remember, it's not the federal government's power – and help fix his problems with the so-called economy that his party's donors are having a whinge about. How low can you go, eh? I mean, it's only people's lives we're talking about. Anyway, that's enough for me from now. Wash your hands, Jeremy.
0: I do, constantly. In
2: fact, it's a bit like having a newborn again.
1: Oh god, my hands are falling to pieces. They need I need moisturize me!
0: Moisturize <laughs> me.
2: <laughs> but back to the rest of what he said. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that there's been sort of no training, no support, no back-end sort of development for the people who are supposed to be using this data and getting this data. That doesn't surprise me at all. I know it's
0: a bit trite to say that politicians are concerned only with the politics of it, but this government could not be more prioritizing the politics over health outcomes. Mm. The app, the whole point of the app seems to be to say everything's fine. Leave it back to the, check it back to the States. Yeah. As, as Stigarian identifies, there are some huge issues with, with what they've actually produced because the actual saving lives isn't actually their focus. It's simply getting the public to buy, Let's reopen, let's reopen.
2: Yeah. And so they're basically saying that it's okay because if someone does get it, we'll be able to trace through who they were near, so you'll be safe. But what they've been selling is actually if you have the app, you'll be safe because you'll know if you were near someone who got it. Like it's a slightly. It's
0: a. That's uh, well, right. The, the actual ads that they, you know, that they put out there for Traditional Literacy is lying. It, it claims that you will have the information that the app doesn't, mm. doesn't actually provide. But it's it's not just this that they're doing that with. You can look at the China stouch thing that's happening because Australia has been out there demanding that there be an an inquiry into China's handling um, Mm. of the virus, which I I suppose it can be run by that, uh, you know, objective, uh, well-respected neutral body. The um, George Christensen (laughs) could hold it up. (laughs) I headed up.
2: <laughs> why should criticize him? Oh, because he was. Uh, they refused to censure him. He called out. He wanted. He said he was going to call the ambassador in front of a parliamentary committee, and uh, the party refused to censure him.
0: Of course, they did. Um, I, actually, if you want an ambassador, you should be being, being hauled before before the committee. The American one at the moment, because they're busy. The, the leaks to the Daily Telegraph and their attempts to try and get like they, they seriously were trying to get this this chunky. Side report <laughs> that all of the all of the Five Eyes actual um, expertise seems to be no, there's nothing to this and it's nonsense. But the one they found, they found some freak thing trying to blame, uh, say that the lab that the virus was created in the lab in Wuhan, and the Daily Telegraph ran that shamelessly. And of course they did. But I mean, when you look at the US ambassador, like the US, the US is the whole US administration is now Trumpers. Like it's just mm. people who are like. Tr- Know that, that haven't pissed off Trump and that are sufficiently Trumpish yep. that, that they have that job. Like the the US ambassador to Australia is not going to be some you know reasonable American person who we could who's a trustworthy, reliable. I mean, not that it, not that any ambassador ever would be, but they're going to be worse. This, these, the ones that we get now are going to be worse than usual yeah. because they're part of this administration. But the thing that gets me about this is that um, in fact I'll, I'll put put this segment basically shit policy propped up with Shaman's propaganda. So. This policy, this idea that we, Australia, are going to make a big noise and go out there and have a go at China and the rest of the world can join us, but we'll take the lead on it. Okay. It only makes sense if there's some kind of benefit that we're getting or we've been put up. To, like the, the mm. obvious one would be that the US wants us to do it and, and we're there's some other background reason for us to be doing it. Because on its face, it's incredibly stupid. China is, any stout with China is going to be incredibly costly, both in terms of, you know, the risk to Australia yeah. in every single way, including economically, but that's not the only one. And obviously China's threatening to retaliate. And there's a lot of propaganda that we're getting. This isn't even from Murdoch. We have the ABC last night was talking about how, you know, China is going... This is on Carvelis doing um, Drive or whatever the ABC thing is. Mm-hmm. We turn on ABC 24 in the afternoon and they were talking about how... Somebody up there, I wasn't watching the TV at the second, was talking about how, you know, this This is hurting both countries because, you know, China, China really loves our stuff. And I'm like... What's your source for that? Is that something from some briefing from a government department that China really loves Australian That public? was the
2: guy from the Australian Financial Review.
0: Yeah, but what, what's their evidence that... Like, China can buy the stuff that... We, we provide raw materials that they can get you know, from other places. China wants our stuff in the sense of that it's cheap, um, and that but they well, don't... He did
2: finish it by saying that we wouldn't win a trade war with China.
0: No, weirdly enough, we wouldn't. So I don't want to give the idea that I don't think that Australia should ever stand up to China. There are plenty of things that we need to stand up to China for. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: China is a country that, that massively abuses human rights and, and on a huge scale. It, it is, it is, in fact, you know what? Let's just stick with the human rights thing. What China is doing to the Uyghurs, what China is doing to the democracy activists in Hong Kong, were, what yep. China China is a terrifying state from the way it treats its own people.
2: Mm.
0: Now, if the world was going to stand up and say, right, and if Australia was going to take the lead on this and say, no, no more abusing human rights. This is a thing that needs to stop. And uh, we uh, we will work with the rest of the world to be putting in some tougher tougher bilateral, not bilateral, multinational sort of bodies that can review, that, that basically make China a pariah if it's not going to engage in a process and, and force it along the lines of actually protecting human rights. Australia's never done that. And Australia will never do that. No, because... There are plenty of our mates who abuse human rights, and we don't have any, including, frankly, what we do to refugees is abusing their human rights. None of the people who are busy criticising China at the moment and who will, when it suits them, criticise China for its stance on human rights, actually have any particular desire to see human rights protected enforceably and properly on a global scale. Mm. America certainly doesn't. They've got no intention of letting the, the ICJ try Americans. If they, like the US, would never subject subject itself to any kind of um, oversight, yeah. So why why do they think China would? Of course, China won't. So, where I would like to see a world in which, yeah, there is actually a body over, you know, putting pressure on China, where the world comes together and says, no, no, that's we're not going to stand for that, and the countries that do this stuff are going to face economic consequences and sanctions and things until they, you know, actually pull them, you know, come into line and and stop doing the monstrous things they're doing. And what China is doing to the Uyghurs, for example, is
2: horrific. Yeah. But, what they're doing to a lot of communities is really horrific. And right? Australia
0: taking the lean on that and having a push for it would be costly in the same way as this is costly. The difference would be that would actually be something on principle. And you had this thing in the Sydney Morning Herald today where they're arguing that the, you know, the coalition position on this is that we have to push for this inquiry into China because it's a matter of principle and China can bully us, but you know we will stand up. We Australia will stand up for what's right. No, we don't. Yeah, we don't.
2: Like we stand up for what's in our best interests.
0: And and moreover, in this case. I think that what we're standing up for is what is in the political interests of the current leaders. Yes. Because a pushback on China and trying to say that China is to blame for the COVID nineteen is a protection for our leaders now for all of the problems that we're facing as a result of the virus. If you can turn around and be like, "Don't blame us, blame China. It's all China." Particularly if you're Trump, who's killing most of the country, killing most of the country, but you know, unleashing a virus that is causing huge numbers of deaths in America. So Trump needs somebody to blame. China. Yeah. Australia needs America to be friendly, so we're probably doing their their bidding on this. If things got worse in Australia, it's quite useful politically for the Morrison government to have, you know, everybody don't look at us, look at China. Like, if everybody can look at... Yeah. Look at someone else,
2: look at someone else. If
0: the deaths are happening, and you don't look at, you know, okay, well, the virus exists, did we do the best that we could? Did our government do the best it could do? If you can direct the attention away from that back to where did the virus come from in the first place? Well,
2: it's, it's like the, the cartoon of the man with a big pile of donuts. And then the two people, you know, one has one donut and one has no donuts. And it's like going to the guy with the one donut. He's going to steal your donut. When you have like the pile of 50, but yeah. fear that guy. Yeah, exactly. It's Wait, diversion. Yeah, yeah, it is diversion. Uh, but interestingly, to go back to the app uh, for just a brief second. Apparently, the chief health officer in Victoria has said that The app has not led to the discovery of any confirmed infections in Victoria. They haven't had any through COVID Safe. There'd been some delay in Victorian authorities gaining access to the data, but as he understood it, it was now available.
0: Great, Uh, that's plausible. Yeah, Um,
2: like sorry, that's just like a. It's just one of those things where you say, look, it's so important to have this app. It's so important to download it. But all the contact tracing that they're doing already has not had anything to do with the app.
0: It's almost as if the priority isn't, in fact the health impact now it's the perception looking like we're doing something yeah and and yeah the china thing is similar it 100 seems to me to be a thing that is costly for australia but is actually not to australia's benefit not to the benefit of the people in china not to the benefit of anyone other than the domestic political leaders particularly trump and the domestic american leader and potentially our leaders if things get worse like do you see what i mean like it's 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 harming us economically. Mm. The trade war doesn't help us. It's causes us harm. So are we at least doing something that's helpful, that's, you know, causing, making the world a better place to make up for this cost? Yeah. No, we're really not. Well, how does this inquiry help anything? It doesn't. What's the best case scenario that they turn around and be like, China be corrupt? Congratulations.
2: <laughs> okay. Thank you. Gold sticker.
0: <laughs> China smother bad, in bad news. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. Like, what? Anyway. And the other bad, uh, the other, so, but the, the fact that the ABC and the City Morning Herald, um, you know, that and they're the non-Murdoch press are busy pushing these lines like, you yeah, know, we're doing it out of principle. We can at least be proud that we're standing up and, and uh, you know, they they do need us. These nonsense propaganda like this whole this whole section on that the the, the job seeker thing. And did you see um, Scummo this week? Was basically declaring that they have to cut uh, job seeker and job keeper back down again. Uh, as soon as possible, because it's a disincentive to work.
2: Mm. Mm. Well, because if you're getting $1,100 a fortnight, then that's $56,000. Wait, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I wonder how... I haven't been reading the news limited commentary on this, but I think they're inflating what the real numbers are. Yeah. I don't think 1100 is what each person's getting. And I think that somewhere in there, they've been reporting it like... They've, they've used this bullshit number of $57,000 a year. Yeah. No, that would be 1100 a week. a week. Yeah, a 1100 a fortnight is, surprisingly, half of that. And you get a lot of argument here of, of people being like, well, I do my pizza deliveries and I only get $1,100 a fortnight. So, you know, I'm, I'd be better, or even less. And so I'd be better off to just go on the payment. And I'm like, yes, and you should. And your employer should not be able to exploit you no. by making you work. Like, $26,000 a year is... Well, rent in Melbourne or Sydney, um, the median works out to something like between twenty two and twenty seven thousand Melbourne or yeah. yeah, twenty seven thousand Sydney. So literally you can't if, if you're getting paid that delivering pizzas full time, you cannot even if your entire salary yeah. even if you didn't pay tax, your and entire you don't have anything left over for for utilities let alone
2: food and you wonder why things like Uber driver drivers and delivery drivers and stuff work such stupidly long hours because they need to get in every single cent they do so they work their asses off and then like no you should you should you shouldn't have to do this you should be paid a decent wage and if we gave everyone a universal basic income it would push them of that wage up it would also put a lot more money into the economy because if say everyone was guaranteed to get that if you were guaranteed if that $1, $1, Even $1,100 of 1, Fortnite, 1, Fortnite is, just, as
0: I said, not enough to pay for rent. But just
2: say, if you were guaranteed that $1,100 of Fortnite, as opposed to the, what, like $550 of Fortnite it was before, the $700 of Fortnite, like, the the Yeah, it's $580 thing.
0: or something. It was $585, I think. Or yeah, like, under $600. A
2: Fortnite. Like yeah, under $300 of Fortnite. You can't um, rent. It, right. Even if you have that eleven hundred or twelve hundred dollars a fortnight,
0: well, we see, we keep inflating it. So like, even if
2: you have a thousand dollars a fortnight, even if you're like in a share house, you still have money for some things, like whether that be groceries or you know buying the occasional takeaway coffee, which you shouldn't be. All able of to that do. money
0: is going back into the economy. Yeah. All
2: of that money is going back into the economy. And it like, shouldn't be
0: going into rent, rent. There should it. be some stuff squishing rents down. Yeah, and and that that part of the way that you do that would be to um, improve renters' rights would would start. Forcing the shitty landlords. Don't be it. silly. Yeah. Anyway, that's, a topic. that's another. What gets me about this is that they're kind of belling the cat. They're kind of admitting what the whole thing is, which is shitty starvation Centrelink mm. enables employers to pay shitty starvation full time wages, because if Centrelink's enough to live on, nobody's going to accept the shit wages. What does that do? It pushes wages up. Yeah. Every worker who's like, oh, I really resent that that I could be working less and, and be able to you know get the same amount of money. You shouldn't be angry about the Centrelink. That that you should be saying to your employer, you know what? Screw you. I'm, I'm not. You're not going to pay me enough. They have to wa- raise their wages to compete.
2: Yes, they do. Which is a
0: plus. It's yeah. what workers need. You can't live on the amount. The idea that there are actually people working full time and getting what twenty eight thousand a year. Working full time, so basically they can just get a roof over their head, if they're lucky. They certainly uh, they yeah. can, they'll be lucky to be able to heat it for working full time. So you're applying your energy, your your body, like a lot of physical labor. I, I did see there was somebody um, on one of the local Facebook, you know, uh, by marketplace sort of trading sort of groups. Somebody wanted in what you know with a big block in Warrenite wanted somebody to come and mow their lawn. Uh, mow the block for $30 an hour I'm like wait, hang on so first of all they're not going to be paid to travel there are they they're not getting sick leave they're not getting you know super they're not getting any kind of you know so they basically work their back their bodies to death they, they, and then you know when their bodies conk out at like 50 then they've got nothing to retire on nothing to live on they've got no like they just work, work themselves for the people who, who own the land who don't want to pay as much like yeah yeah 100% a decent social security safety net. The safety net needs to be level set to the level where people can actually turn to employers and say, no, and that's not a bug. That's and a feature.
2: Exactly. And so you're looking you're looking through this. A lot of countries are now moving to thinking of a universal like Spain, Italy. A lot of countries are like, ooh, maybe universal income is what we need. Uh, the countries that have a universal income are doing a lot better than this. Oh, us, like you look at your, your Finland and things like that. So, what else are we importing?
0: Uh, we're importing the term first lady, apparently, for the Prime Minister's wife. This is Channel no, 9. No, we're not. No, I, we seriously are. So we're, no, we're not. On the subject of wacky uh, propaganda from the media, trying to back up dumb lines from this government, certain people in our media seem to be trying to adopt the term first lady for the Prime Minister's wife no. as if he was the president. No. No, I'm not kidding. He's Channel 9.
2: Until recently, Australia's first lady was leading a very different life, supporting her husband here and abroad, but also raising her girls in Sydney. Now she's homeschooling 12-year-old Abby and 10-year-old Lily. How have the girls found it?
0: I think they've liked not being um, at school every day. I think they've
1: enjoyed that. They've really missed their friends. I haven't minded it so much. Um, They're quite independent, my girls. They're really, um, they like doing things themselves. And uh, so it's me more staying out of their way. They're back to school
0: um, on Monday. Are you looking forward to that a little bit? They're looking forward to it.
1: And um, maybe I am too, maybe. (laughs) Maybe, yeah.
0: (laughs) She's relatable because she's thinking it would be quite nice for the kids to go back to school because, you know.
2: Oh, it's so hard. Maybe, Maybe she just wants to kick back with a glass of wine and... (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, all our can understand, eh? Yeah, no, so I don't understand how that's a... a well, the only reason for that is, is a, like just a shameless bit of puffery to try and make the Morrisons seem relatable. Uh, and, yeah, in the meantime, switching across to the weirdo American terminology. And, and just so... The, the point of that is it's just it's just yeah. so embarrassing for the journalists involved. Like, it's not even... Like it's a puff piece, but it's not Australian Women's Weekly or something. It's not the like the 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 news the newsagent sort of um, magazines that are designed to try you know that, that were traditionally used for this. This is the actual their actual news programs. They're presenting this as some kind of meaningful piece of news yeah. and and adopting just the most shamelessly dumb attempts to try and make them seem more impressive and more. Whilst also being more relatable, it's just—it was just—it's just propaganda, and it's really dumb propaganda. Look, let's move on to. There were two other. There were two media stories this week. The smaller of them was uh, that the BuzzFeed Australia is shutting up shop in Australia. Mm. So, um, that's very. I, I do feel like I think that most of the the decent journalists have, have gone by now, but it's it's still sad. It is. Um, and again, more concentration of of reporting and of media coverage, and as we see from what we're getting out of. The City Morning Herald, the Age, the ABC, the you know, you know, Nine, Fairfax—that we just had. Like, it's not like—and that's that's—they're the, the non-modern ones. Mm. I, re- I really worry about the lack of actual proper journalism we're going to have going forward because I don't know who's going to hold these bastards to account. They can't the Guardian can't do everything, and even the Guardian's a bit hard to rely on given that um, you know Catherine Murphy, the political editor, was. When, when Dan Murphy Dan Tian, not Dan Murphy Dan Murphy's had very little to say about Daniel Andrews but when Dan Tian was, was having that stupid whinge about a uh, fortnight ago anyway the, the, so the one he had to walk back five seconds later um, his idiotic attack on the Victorian government she was like oh but he's actually a really decent bloke so <laughs> I'm not I feel very concerned about the, the lack of proper <sighs> scrutiny that the that the libs get and that what they'll do without that scrutiny, how much they'll get away with. But anyway, that's BuzzFeed. The other one, other media story this week, of course, is that Alan Jones finally retired. Yay! Now, it was a day in which, I mean, it was a new piece of news that everybody wanted to have a take about.
2: And everyone certainly did have a take. Some of them were hot takes.
0: Yeah, so the Greens had a very silly hot take on Twitter where they were taking credit for Alan Jones going, because of, you know, just proof that petitions and boycotts and and proof proof that it all works. Like, that, (laughs) <laughs> there wasn't anything in there where the reason why he was retiring was had anything to do with those. And it looked really stupid. And embarrassingly for the Greens, that was up for about an hour.
2: Before someone took it down.
0: They Luckily, it no one
2: down. else put anything else stupid up and then left it there for a few hours before putting anything else up.
0: Mm, or, in fact, leaving it there. Uh, ABC Media Watch tweeted at half past nine in the morning, there's been many stouters, but Jones's commitment to his listeners... His tireless work ethic and rating success is to be congratulated. Now, given that the issues that MediaWatch has had with Jones over the years have included everything from the inciting the race riots through to really vicious personal attacks um, mm. on people there using his power to bully and, and damage the public discourse, that was a remarkably positive tweet. His tireless work ethic and rating success is to be congratulated. What? I, it is such a weird thing for Media Watch to post. It really um, is. Anyway, they posted that at 9.30. Uh, then there was a bit of, what on earth are you doing? Being tweeted back at them. And then, totally consistently, as if they'd always planned to do this, and totally believably that this was always, you know, it was a one-two. There was like, positives and negatives. Yeah, like, yeah. Definitely, this was always planned. So, at 11.42, uh, almost two and a quarter hours later, uh, they tweeted, dot, dot, dot. But also, Alan Jones has a long history of attacking women, a brutal advertising boycott, his role in the Cronulla riots, and the dark side of his political and corporate influence. Just some of the issues MediaWatch has exposed over Jones's career. One of six. Jones and Cronulla, Two of six. So like it, then they went into a big long list. Yeah. You know, of all the just some of the horrific things that Jones has been up to. But yeah, I mean it's no, the, nothing it's the happened le- in between those two things. That was just always planned to be two. two yeah, they four were hours always wanted to have
2: a few hour gap between those.
0: I mean they just wanted the positive one up there just to percolate for a bitch before a bit before they pointed out all the remaining uh negative aspects of Jones. <laughs> it's it's almost like Two totally different uh, people did those tweets. It really Two is. Totally different- it's it's <laughs>
2: almost like somebody on the social media team went, "What the hell are we doing here?" No,
0: almost like uh, somebody higher up told the ABC said directed them to make this comment, yeah. and then there was so much pushback. They're like, "Can we please uh. point out the reality of Jones?" <laughs> Yeah, that's probably where you are going to leave it. I can I can hear a daughter who has now woken up who his baby on her door. So
2: <laughs> no longer wants a nap time. I do wonder the one I do wonder about the uh, gap that Alan Jones will leave and who they will put into his place. Try to make the next Jones.
0: Oh yeah, it's kind of like one down, w- way too many to go. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't feel like cool. Finally, some sanity has been oh, restored to Australian media. So people can find us on at well may we say where can and and we would love to discuss anything. that has fired you up as a result of the podcast denise where can people find you
2: um at dc on twitter d uh
0: i'd like to thank all of my patreon subscribers you are how the podcast keeps going i'd like to thank anybody who leaves us a positive review on itunes
2: or your other podcast app
0: yes we could have some nice full five-star reviews it would be nice I, it has been pointed out that sometimes i get a bit ranty three stars um and I, feel, <laughs> I feel like okay but
2: that I mean, is true.
0: It's a, it's a podcast about Australian politics.
2: Well, it is your birthday, so perhaps people can go leave you five star reviews for
0: your birthday. For my birthday. <laughs> That's right. It is my birthday tomorrow. Yes, the positive reviews, reviews. Yeah, we know we podcast.
2: aren't actually recording a podcast on your birthday.
0: That would be lovely. Yes, if you want to want to make it feel good, leave a positive review for the podcast app. <laughs> well, uh, sorry, on on the um, podcast app. Otherwise, thank you very much to Alex Long for the artwork. Thank you, Robin Gray, for the music. And we will see you all next week. See you next week. Bye.